Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. It'll never not be funny. Exactly. It works. AJ and Rudo coming to you live on a Friday. You know, I we were having this conversation the other day. You were talking about how the abs have looked to replace Landis Gog this offseason by yeah. multiple facets. And I thought we should kind of take a look back at last year and have a conversation about what the abs have learned and how they're going to move forward, in part because, and I'm guilty of this as well, I think you hear a lot about last season in the sense of, well, they were super injured and it was totally out of their control and there was nothing they could do. And part of that is true. But that doesn't mean you can't take anything from the season. There are still things that you can look at and see and do better and understand the league around you and how to improve. For sure. So I wanted to get into a little bit of that today. And okay. I, I guess I, I kind of wanted to start with roster construction here, jumping off from the point we made yesterday about Landeskog and, and getting builder, getting bigger rather and building to play tougher to be against. Okay. When you look at the Avs lineup, is this lineup going to accomplish that? Was the movement towards... Dennis Mulgins and Alex Newhooks, an over adjustment towards skill last season. I don't. Uh, no, I'll say no because Newhook was one of your, your best young players that you were hoping was going to take a step forward and become a higher impact guy sure. in your lineup. Sure. Evan Rodriguez, GT Comfort were supposed to be role players for you, not guys. They were forced to higher roles because who played of the more injuries. than twenty minutes per night in a game seven. Fair enough. Like. Those were supposed to be like important complementary pieces that turned into primary pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, injuries did have a major role on that. Of course. But you look at what Colorado's top six is this year. In game seven, they had three of those guys available. Yep. <laughs> like. Yep. Like, there's no there's no denying that injuries skewed that picture. But Definitely. When you do look at last year's roster, it really you. I think you probably like last year's defense a touch more. Um, having EJ there, sure, it's a little more well-rounded at the bottom. Yeah, when I think healthy, I think it's... I think you exactly, and you also lose injury. Also takes away how much development from Bowen Byram. Yeah, half the that would have taken that would have taken place. Yeah, where uh, you know he was by by the time they get to the postseason, he'd been healthy for several months and was playing. But you can't get those first 30 to 40 games or whatever it was that he ended up missing 
back and yep. and smooth out some of the roughness and he's only going to continue to get better. And so it's really and, and Dennis Morgan was like a Dennis Morgan ended up just being you you found money they there. They got because, value out of it. Yeah, no doubt. Like that but. was that was the classic you started with the paperclip. And yeah. honestly they might have started with half a paperclip. And they <laughs> they ended up at least trading it for like a wrench or something. Something useful, right? And again, I'm not trying to say Malgad wasn't good, but you saw in the playoffs, yeah, where he stopped being nearly as effective of a hockey right. Player. And you also saw you also saw a stark contrast between guys that can get you through a regular season and guys that can be effective regular season players, and guys and, that can do it in the playoffs. Yeah, and, yeah, and sure. guys that just don't. That game gets faster, tighter, yeah, where more physical, Dennis and it stops working. Have, yeah, he's and in in the postseason, you're going against exclusively good teams, mm-hmm. so there's no like Dennis Morgan taking advantage of the Anaheim Ducks kind of thing, you know, like that. That's that's not a thing that's going to take place in the postseason. You're not going to catch, yeah, sure. you're not going to catch bad teams where you're just like, hey, we just got the points, yeah, because your goals in the your goals in the regular season, your goals in the postseason are different, and how you accomplish those goals. Uh, as we saw last year, very different. Yeah, because you can sure. get through a regular season with some of those guys playing with, a little bit of YOLO hockey. It, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. and having guys that disappear for long stretches. And this, but when you when you start to shorten your bench uh, halfway through a game, uh, you know, in game three of a postseason series, and that's just how you've decided you're going to live or die. Yep. You know, for one, fair to criticize the coaching staff and say. I think so. You just can't do that to those guys. Yeah. You just can't. On the other hand, it's also defensible where the coaching staff says, look at the results. I can't play these guys. Yeah. <laughs> I play these guys and they get crushed. Yeah. So uh, I think I think lesson, the number one lesson learned is that yes, you need to be, you need to, you need to be deep. You need to have injury luck. Uh, you need to have that extra $7 million available to spend <laughs> that you know you're going to have. Because if they didn't, Gabe Landeskog was back. Hey, he's back. Where where would they be in this offseason? You probably win round one. No, I mean, I mean, just in the offseason. If they were forget last year. Sure. I'm saying if they if Gabe Landeskog was like, hey, he's gonna be here for the start of training camp next year. Yeah. That's seven million you 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 needed the two C, so you probably have to go get Rijo anyway. But you Probably don't have Miles Wood or Ross Cole. Yeah, so I think you might be able to do one of those moves. You probably don't do the Duran thing. Even I, though, even I, though I don't think as, I definitely don't think you do Duran. Even though yeah. it's as cheap as it is, yep. you just don't have the room in your top six. Exa- to get that, you you that really don't want to put yeah. him in a position where he's got to kind of grind games out because right. then you you run that risk at the time of repeating a. Uh, putting, you know, the Alex Newhook situation of yep. this guy's not really in a role that he should be in. Yep. It's, yeah, I I think you're probably doing Rijo regardless, especially with the value of that deal where they got him for nothing. For sure. Um, And then, I you know, it, it depends on, they would have had to have a better idea of exactly what Ross Colton was going to cost contract-wise, which I understand they do now, but when they made <clears> the move, uh, it would have been awfully tight. To the cap with Landeskog yeah. healthy, yeah, and so certainly one of Wood and Colton wouldn't have happened, and and it's possible that both don't. Yeah, um, I mean just because <laughs> positional importance and whatever, whatever you think Colton is probably the more important move there. 
Yeah, I I would but target Colton if they could make it work, obviously. But it also it also could have put you in a situation where the eight twenty five that you gave to Jonathan Duran, you're trying to give to Jonathan Taves. Yeah. To be your three C. Definitely possible. And maybe that changes your focus and whatever. So yeah. I do think I, we're talking about lessons learned. I don't I don't think you can't you can't continue you, there will be no discounting. I will hear no discounting of the impact injuries had on last year. No, it definitely matters. And uh, the because there was just no way. Mm-hmm. If you look at this year's group, the the group that they've built so far, and you say, well, they're going to have the same injury issues that they had in the postseason uh, at at the time of the postseason. You know, no Josh Manson, uh, no Val Nachushkin, no any 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 of those depth guys that you ended up without. No Andrew Cogliano, no Darren Helm. You know, if you do all those equivalents on this year's roster, you're going to have the same result. You're not going to go deep. Yep. Like, you're just not. You talk about depth. People people harp on all oh, the Avs need better depth, but there isn't an NHL team out that there can survive that many that injuries. is going to that is going to get into, you know, their 15th, 16th, 17th forwards and make deep runs. I, it's, you for just, sure. You just don't exist that way. Had Had Seattle had to do it. The drop off between their guys and the guys in Coachella Valley would have been significant. Yeah, I I agree. It just wouldn't have worked that way. It does matter. It is important context, but I also don't want to write off everything else that happened. And I want to talk about, I think, a positive lesson learned here, too. And maybe part of the reason why you saw the Avs go after a Jonathan Druin this offseason is because of the success they had with Evan Rodriguez. Yeah. In, and I'm not saying it's perfect. I get Erod wasn't the best player in the world the second half of the regular season. For sure. But you got a nearly 40-point guy out of someone you gave $2 million to to play who in your middle also six, had injury issues. Who, who He played, what, 66 games or yeah, something, something like that? He did that? not hit 70. Yeah. So it, you got quality value on your dollar there. And then with Erod specifically, he turned around and was one of your better forwards in the playoffs. Yeah. Is this something that is consistently repeatable for Colorado and going out and targeting guys like this? And you can even look at a a longer path of someone like Nachushkin, who they did kind of a reclamation project on. Or are these more shots in the dark that they're getting lucky on? I mean, they're calculated risks. And so... You know, with e- with Erod, it was like, hey, they needed, they really needed another forward. We talked about, For sure. we talked about Evan Rodriguez all summer, yeah, because he was a great fit in Colorado, just a, a stylistic fit that made perfect sense. And when you wait out the market, sometimes you can get guys that are in For that. the right price. And yeah. and where Colorado is as a franchise right now is a, is is a very attractive place to play because you're going to be competitive, but also it plays the kind of up tempo style. That consistently is getting yeah. players paid. Yeah. Because if you look at you look at guys who have left Colorado, Andre Burakovsky, uh yeah. Nazem Kadri, you just saw JT Comfort and Evan Rodriguez. All been given true top six roles. Maybe not Erod, but the rest of them true top have, six roles. Uh, well, yeah. have all gotten have all gotten multi-year deals, like pretty, pretty well paying multi-year deals upon departure from Colorado. So you're seeing a pathway of success here. Of uh, you also saw guys that came and that they decided to keep in Lekin and Indujushkin, who got bigger roles than they'd ever had before in their NHL careers, 
had career years, had had yep. exceptional fits, and all of them got paid. Yep. And that's that's become such a common thread here that when you are talking about the appeal of being a, a, a place for reclamation projects to go, that track record of success is vital. Because if it's an organization that's not getting those guys out of there, that's not producing seasons that's getting guys paid, why are people going to go there? So the Avs, the Avs are in a really good situation where they can take these calculated risks on guys like Jonathan Duran. Yeah. You know, and, and hope that, hey, there is so much more than just hockey that has played a role. For sure. In why he is where he is today. And if you if you want to discount that, you're not it's a it's a disingenuous look at the entire picture. Because it's not just hockey things yep. that have led him to where he is. It's not just a reclamation project of on ice. For sure. Jonathan Durant coming to Colorado, it's a reclamation project of a person. Yep. And of a player's entire career and the trajectory of the next decade of his life. All of that is something that the Avalanche are going to try to make the best of, put to, put all the pieces together, make it work, and then very likely, as they did with Erod, send him on his way to a, a better, more fruitful situation and say, hey, you've earned this in here. And then next year, go and do it again. Because we talked about it with Erod. They have to do Erod again. Yep. They have to they, find another cost-efficient guy that helps their forwards. And and that's kind of the conversation I wanted to get into here with, with Drew, and it does feel like it might be a little bit of a bigger swing on the ice. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Before we do, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Bourbon, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos. Uh, they come from the Breckenridge Distillery, also known as the world's highest distillery, founded in 2008, most widely known for their bourbon whiskey, uh, uh, rye mash American-style whiskey. Uh, their bourbon is one of the most highly awarded bourbons in the United States. So uh, they have award-winning spirits. They offer a ton of awesome different drinks and uh, immersive guest experiences if you go down and visit them. Uh, highly recommend if you haven't been out, by the way. Uh, Obviously, we've we've done Breckenridge Brewery forever. Now we got Breckenridge Distillery too, so we're just we're all about it out here. Uh, Breckenridge Distillery product, excuse me, Breckenridge Distillery products are available in all fifty states. You can shop your local retailer or visit BreckenridgeDistillery.com for more award-winning Breckenridge spirits. We are also brought to you by the fantastic people over at the Circa Resort and Casino. I'm actually like low-key hyped that we're sponsored by these guys because i'm sure you've all seen the giant pool with the giant television screen out yeah. in uh in vegas that's circa They're, that's these guys so definitely uh might be taking advantage of some of their amenities the next time the abs play vegas i'll put mm -hmm. it that way to you uh <laughs> it's the world's largest sports book by the way over at circa they have a three-story stadium style uh, it takes 10 people to operate a 78 million pixel screen where you can watch whatever sports you're feeling. It's a lot of pixels. And you can you can turn anything on that thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be like just hockey or basketball or, or the major sports. You could be watching badminton on that thing if you wanted to. So What a waste. 78 million pixels to watch badminton. I don't, that many pixels, I might actually be able to see the birdie flying back and forth. You know? They hit the thing so hard. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can also get... Food from Victory Burger and Wings Company, uh, as well as Project Barbecue. They have a 
bunch of VIP seating in, in different areas of the club. It's always looked really fun. It has been. Like, I, every time I'm there, I see it, I'm like, I feel like I would just vibe there all yeah. day and just chill and watch whatever sports happen to be on. Uh, you can also get the Circuit Sports app. It's available here in Colorado where you can download it. Uh, they have a 7,000 square foot casino with two levels to boot. So whatever it is that you're looking to enjoy yourself in Vegas, Circa has you covered. Uh, if you're heading out there for any sporting event, you can book your stay with code DNVR20 to get 20% off. And you can download that Circa Sports app at circasports.com. Uh, bets can only be made while physically located in Colorado. Must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circus Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one. Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit problemgamblingcolorado.org. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche Oof. podcast. 78 million pixels and Luke wants to play Mario Kart. It's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter how many pixels are on the screen if the thing's programmed to only have like 12 pixels. Look, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome getting blue shelled in, in high depth, okay? <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Yeah, exactly. Uh Jonathan Druin specifically, and, and we'll get to the other side of this of repeating the Erod conversation. Yeah. But I think a little bit of a difference that we see this year is the Avs taking this reclamation swing on a guy that going into the, this, they want him to be in their top six. Definitely. And and the difference between Jonathan Duran and Evan Rodriguez. Evan Rodriguez has spent the majority of his career as more of a middle six depth guy. Uh, in Buffalo, he was more of like just like a hard fourth liner for a long time. Yeah. Um, but with and then in Pittsburgh, he got a little more opportunity. And then we saw in got Colorado was, away was kind of a Swiss yeah. Army knife. Yep. Um, so with with Evan Rodriguez, you know, he kind of fit into a lot of places. There was a lot of versatility there. Mm hmm. Uh, with Jonathan Duran, you're going to get less of that. You're looking but for a more specific role, for the sure. The idea is that, I mean, let's be real here. It's really not hard to dream on Jonathan Duran coming into Colorado, fitting in with an up-tempo style that feeds into the way that he transports pucks. Yeah, the way totally. that the way that he can carry pucks through the neutral as well. Yeah, and and the way that he gets through the neutral zone with possession, something that they needed to replace specifically with the departure of Evan Rodriguez yep. and JT Comper, way more so Rodriguez. Um, I, I mean, at times it seemed like they thought JT Comper could do it. How, yeah, well, how they, good he actually they was asked at him it. to do it more yeah, than I think he should yeah, have been. Fair, so fair. Um, but that's, that's a role that they, they needed to replace. And with Duran, you see little things like that make sense. Yeah. And then you think about him as a, a potentially high-end distributor and playmaker. I mean, it's easy to see where this guy feeding a puck to to a to a McKinnon or a Rantanen on a regular basis, right. even even Nachushkin and, and Johansson. Well, that, there's and and to be honest with you, on a second power play unit, even a guy like a uh, Ross Colton with with such a good one timer that he can lean into. So you've uh, talked. You talked a little bit, and I'm bringing this up for the second time in the show, but how the Avs replaced Landy with a bunch of guys going net front. Yeah. I think a, a thing that goes under the radar a lot with Gabe Landeskog's play is how consistent of a distributor he is. And it's not flashy. It's not yeah. the highlight reel level stuff, but he just makes the passes that result in goals. More assists than goals and something like 
like, like the majority like, of his seasons. Like yeah, all but like two or three seasons that he's had in the NHL. Very good distributor. And and I think Drewen is part of that conversation where he is replacing a little bit of that part of Landeskog's game for them this year. And it, like you mentioned, it's easy to see. Oh well, you know, if you can play him with Rantanen, that's a dude who scored fifty-five goals last year. If you can play him with McKinnon, that's a dude who's an incredibly high-volume shooter. Yeah, Rijo, his more recent career has been more of a distributor, but has mm-hmm. a thirty-goal season under his belt. Yeah, I mean, really, like, yeah, you probably you you would love to see Nachushkin's numbers start to push thirty. And Rijo's pushed and, 20 yeah. as a result of playing alongside Duran. Right. Uh, Lekkinen maybe gets to a 25 if Duran spends a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. Like, you just want to see, you just want to see a lot of. Goal totals should be going up in well, the top and, six. And the goal totals for Jonathan Duran should go up. You know, he has. Pretty low bar there. He has 17 yeah. goals in his last 163 NHL games. Yep. That's something that's got to change, man. I mean, that's, he just that, has to be a more aggressive realistically shooter. a number you'd like to see him hit this season. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I I think I think if you asked him for a twenty forty season, yep, you'd be asking a lot. But that would be the, In the kind realm of, of possibility. That yeah. would be the the high end of expectations for him. Would I be a twenty forty season. Yeah, I think you could realistically look for maybe a fifteen thirty. As a as a I would lower say that's, end, that's like the say, floor that they need out of him. Yeah, yeah, and say somewhere somewhere in between is where you should realistically you expect him, him yep. to to land. But his his ability to distribute his high end the the playmaking and all that it's no joke. Like he's he would be if he if he had been able to be healthy and he had had his head on straight and if his life was in order and if everything was. If all these things were clicking for him, he would have been one of the league's premier playmakers yep. over Four the course of his ago. career. Yep. You know, would he would he be one of the better overall offensive players? I don't think so. But still more than capable as a second liner. Exactly. And and certainly as a high end distributor. Yep. And that's where the that's where I think you look and you say, the Avs needed go- <laughs> needed goals. Yep. <laughs> totally. Yep. No argument there, and you can wonder, have they done enough to close that gap on last year? I think health will help. I think just because if if you can get 70 games out of your top six. If if your total man games loss is under 400. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like like if you can get 70 games out of your entire top six, you've taken a huge step, step forward from last year. Yep. And... I think I think that that's just naturally going to lend itself. I think this is a more n- just talented top six than the one that they built last year. I would agree. Um, I'm I'm really struggling to find too much to feel like. I, I guess it's just for me. I understand. Yes, there are gambles here with Ryan Johansson and Jonathan Duran. There are gambles in this top six. They are rolling the dice here. So on guys producing better than they have in recent yeah, years. But but look, in the sense of comparing this offseason to last offseason, I think a lot of people felt pretty unhappy with the Avs kind of just not solving their 2C. They went out and got Erod and yeah. were like, oh, we're going to do this rotation. They didn't really solve it. Yeah, and I think that 
that's where if you really wanted to be bummed about what happened with Alex Newhook, that's where you were bummed. For sure. He never took stepped up and took that role. He never did, but I think it's also where you should be bummed with the organization because No not more Jared, opportunity there. Jared yeah. Bednar was like, Look, we're gonna give him two months to try it, and he did not get two months to try he got it. Two weeks. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I I think that there was uh, a lack of willingness. And some of this, I think, is injury related as I think so guys started going down all the, all over the lineup. And there was just it was mass chaos last yep. year on a day to day basis with guys. You know, when, remember when Erod got hurt, it was like and then Lekkanen got hurt. And it was like there was a stretch of the season where there it top was six Miko. players was Miko Ranton. It was, it was Miko. Stop. It was Miko and JT. And then John Luke Foodie was playing second line. Like, like <laughs> it was it got wild for a little while for a little while there. And. Yeah, I really don't want to repeat that again. Let's not do that. But I do think I do think where you should have a little bit of faith here is that the Avs have consistently done this well. You can look at it and say, oh, the Avs need Ryan Johansson and Jonathan Duran, even Ross Colton to an extent, yeah. to, to come in and outproduce what they've done in previous and years. They're bringing but there's a pretty consistently done that. track record now of you know four or five years of them being able to do that. And not even just with those guys, but you're talking bottom six guys like yeah. a you know, a Cogliano, uh, yep. <coughs> Dennis Morgan, Nicholas Abe, Kubel types. Like, they've consistently gotten some of these results. Well, and that's why I think people are underselling Ryan Johansson here. I think so, too. I, I, if you don't like him, you don't like him, and, and I'm not going to change your mind. Fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the Abs went out and acquired a 2C. A guy that's been a 2C for the last, like, five or six years. Yep. They did the, like, the exact thing they failed to do last offseason. They went out and did. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about a guy who throughout his career is roughly a 50-point guy when healthy. Mm -hmm. And if you can apply those same metrics, if you get that avalanche bump in production, and you're talking about a center, your second-line center potentially putting up 60-plus points for you, yeah, that's like almost exactly what they it's, were missing last year, right? The scoring environment in the NHL is also not is such that it's not unrealistic that Ryan Johansson has 60 points, that Jonathan Duran has 60 points. Yeah. And Valen Chushkin has 60 points. Yeah, I mean I Valen Chushkin almost had 60 points right. last year. I think it's well, mass more, chaos it's a lot happening closer in the to an expectation him. for Val at this point to be honest. Absolutely. And I think the one guy in your top 6 where you're like he's probably not hitting 60 is Arturi Lekkanen. <laughs> <laughs> and you're fine with him not doing that one because he's only making four and a half million dollars, and he's giving and you two, forty-five points, by the way. And, and two, he's doing so many different right. things that are contributing to your lineup that you're like, we're good here. Yep. Now, do you want three Arturi Lekkinens in your top six? No, no, you don't. But you want you need one. a little yeah. bit more. You need a little more finishing ability, maybe a little more high higher end skill than that, but. But you also need to do him goes nuts down below the net and causes chaos and right. is willing to do that stuff. And that's so. and that's where you do you do like that Nachuskin will be back. He obviously can do some of that. Yep. Johansson's not He's not that. Yeah. It, so it's and, weird and because Duran's he, not that either. Duran isn't that at all. Johansson He's not that physical presence, but he does have a knack for floating through the middle, finding tipped pucks, finding that soft spot in the defense to be there for a yeah. rebound. He can be productive in those situations, but it's not going to be with physicality. Yeah. He's not going to like dominate puck battles behind the net and things like that. And it will be it will be interesting to see 
what kind of new leash on life he has, if any, sure. in Colorado, playing in a system that it's going to be more up-tempo, higher-paced than he's ever played in before, mm-hmm. but is also going to ask more of him in terms of a shift-to-shift engagement. Yep. And, and have a... And to be honest, he's going to be in, a, in an environment that asks more of him on a personal accountability For level sure. yep. than he's ever really had before. The championship mentality here is one that... I, I think maybe... I think six, it's, seven, eight years ago, you might have gotten some of that in Nashville. I, I won't. I just, I think that its lack of development in Nashville is one of the reasons why they failed to achieve achieve some of the goals yep. that they had set for themselves. Um, and and they got, clo- I mean, they got pretty close. And I they, think they, Nashville was one of the yeah, one of the better teams in the Western there Conference. There was something a of years ago. akin to that, I think, in Nashville. And then Pecorine retired, and I don't think they've quite had that same level since, basically. Yeah, and, and they've just, you know, part of their reason Ryan Johansson himself was not as good as he needed to be. They lacked to 1C for their entire history. Yeah, he's had, he had a 30-goal season. He got traded for one for one with Seth Jones and never did it again. Yep. And I think part of his problem has also been injuries for the last five years. He's really, I was sorry, three of the last four years, he's really struggled with injury issues. The one healthy year, he puts up a 60-point season. Yep. And so you're like, look. You can just get health out of him. You know what you're going to get, basically. If you can just get health out of this lineup in general, I think it's really hard for me to find too many holes to poke in it. I would agree. If guys start getting hurt, you are talking about a similar situation of last year. You're actually in a worse situation than last year because you don't have guys that can step up and play center all over your lineup just, like, hanging out there. Like, you get two center injuries into it, and Jean-Luc Foody's playing your 2C job, and you're like, what the how did we get here? And and I think we'll see how that develops over the course of the season. If you yeah. guys have good luck, it's not a problem. That's something they can address with trades down the line. Totally. We'll and see. that's that's where you see a team like Calgary hasn't done anything yet. Yep. And you're just looking at Mikhail Backlund like, what's up? What's up? What's up, dog? Like, How you doing? That's that's our insurance policy if yep. we need it. Yeah, we got Elias this. Lindholm is too it's too high end, too many assets. No, I it would with, be with backlit. It's hey, we have this first round pick in our back ex- pocket. We have a first round yeah. pick, and now we've got like hey, fuck it, we've got Callum Ritchie. We can give him. Yeah. We really like him, you know. <laughs> you know this pod's about doing that. But <laughs> uh, Richie will go off in the OHL, that, and by by January yeah. he'll be untouchable, and we'll be well, no, yeah. no. You can't have it. Honestly, like, it's my favorite thing to to come back six months, twelve months, eighteen months later and be like, I was so wrong about like, this prospect. Like, how like, exciting is what's happening with Taylor McCarr? Right, right now. exactly. Because like we got drafted and we were like, cool, that saved a million dollar on Tails <laughs> deal. Like, whole conspiracy theory about it, right? No. Anyway, but anyway, it, it's it's genuinely my favorite thing to see kids like that succeed. The ones that I'm not confident in or maybe don't believe in. Yeah, because that it's it makes that story all the much better. Yeah, definitely. Um, Although us not believing him and be like, guy was a first round pick. Like, come on. I mean, there's levels of belief there. I'm not saying yeah. he's not an NHLer. I'm just saying I don't know what his ceiling is. But, yeah, I hear uh, you. Anyway, uh, very quickly, an- another thing. Well, I don't know. You tell me if this is a positive or not. Mm-hmm. 
is last year the the top, or is this a springboard for Alexander Georgiev? Uh, I really haven't wanted to get into it because I feel like we're headed for a letdown of some kind. Sure, because his his wire to wire consistency was was so remarkable. Good. Yeah, the fact that he he really did not experience his worst dip of the season was in December, when the team in front of him there was, was the, there's AHL decimated. Yeah. And he also had to win a couple of games, 0-0. Literally won nothing with Evan Rodriguez in the shootout. <laughs> yeah, like the, what was it, Montreal and the Islanders in yep. Denver. Yep. In the same week, you're talking about, he got no goal support, man. And he's just like, if I give up a goal, we lose. Yep. And so that's where, that's, you know, with, with Georgiev, I'm, I'll, let's just say I'm nervous. Sure. Not because I don't believe in him, but because that consistency consistency really that he had hard last to sustain year that over was, across multiple seasons. Exactly. Yeah. It was really, really tough. He might have some higher highs, but I'm expecting a couple of lower lows as well, which will make it harder okay. to win some games. Um and you know, you really do need a healthy season out of Pavel Francois. It's a contract year out of him. That's true. And if this pattern continues, he'll be great this yeah. year. The abs will give him another two by two. <laughs> And then, and get then next year he'll get hurt. Yeah, two years from now he'll get hurt. Well, you know what? If you're hurt, you can go over and cure all your ailments with illegal Pete's. I don't think they actually cure injuries, but they're burritos. Yeah, we probably should not put that in the water supply. That that illegal Pete's Look, has healing properties. The burritos taste so good they might make you forget about the pain for a little while. How there about you that? go. How about that? Escapism is natural yeah, of course uh fresh ingredients in all of their burritos 11 different locations here in colorado you can check out with the longest happy hours around 3 to 8 p.m every single day if you're in my neck of the woods it doesn't start hailing until 9 p.m so you're fine you can mine it's 5 p.m yeah you got to come out east that's where no i'm good <laughs> either way dodge the hail get yourself to illegal pete's there's one just a couple blocks from the dnvr bar we can pregame I'm going to hang out here for all sorts of sporting events. I know uh, the Women's World Cup is is something that's going to be popping off here. I think, is it tomorrow night that UFC 290 is going down? Yep. So there you go. You can come join us for that, too. Uh, check it out. Also brought to you by Shady Rays. If you have to go outside in locations where the sun actually exists, you should probably <laughs> wear sunglasses. Uh, you can go to ShadyRays.com today to order yours. When you use code DNVR and you get two pairs or more, you get 50% off your entire order. It's basically like buy one, get one free. And the replacement policy is baller. Your first 30 days, you try out your sunglasses. If you don't like them, if they break them or you lose them, they'll replace them completely for free. So they got you covered with your sunglasses no matter what. Again, go check them out at ShadyRace.com, or if you're local, they have a brick and mortar in the Park Meadows Mall. Use the DNVR code to get that 50% off when you order two pairs or more. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. This is something I wanted to get into because the Avs experimented a lot last year with their second power play unit. Okay. Does does the second power play unit even matter that much? Nah, in my opinion. Okay, fair enough. Just because you're talking the vast majority of the time, they get less than a minute on any given power play. Yep. And there'll be some power plays where they get... 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah, they'll get last change that 
puck gets cleared and you know they've got 21 seconds to get on the ice get get a zone entry and then try and score um we saw last year they did a couple of times but i certainly think that unit has the potential to be more dangerous this season than it was last year mm-hmm. just because the additions of uh, Duran and Colton you add that to Arturi Lekkinen and you don't need to run three defensemen yep <laughs> still might be your best option depending on how you're shaking it out yeah. for sure if you wanted to uh, i think i think with the addition of Colton i don't know Lekkinen should be in front of the net Duran should probably be your down low guy trying to play make from yeah, down there. The Miko spot down there. Yeah, yeah. Colton should be on one of the wings, and then you should have your two two D. two D between Gerard, Taves, and Byram. I would probably prefer Gerard and Byram. Byram up high. Yeah, Byram's got the much better shot. Um, we saw the shot really kind of abandon Taves last year. Yeah, but if you wanted to go with a if you wanted two shooting threats, Taves and Byram. If sure. you wanted more of the, he's gonna he's gonna zip one through traffic. It's Gerard. I I mean I think I don't hate the idea of Gerard on the half wall distributing, Drew and down low distributing, and then you're kind of setting up Colton as the swing guy with yeah. Byram up top, and then Lecky doing whatever he wants. Kind yeah, of yeah, he needs to be in front, being a little chaos monster. Yep. So. I, I don't hate that. I, I tend to agree. You're when you're looking at your power play, your top unit is obviously significantly more important. Yeah. Is is there improvements to be made there? Because the Avs power play on the whole was fine last year. All power plays are streaky, and then there's one for thirty four. I think I think Rijo giving with with the playmaking and with his ability in front of the net. Both deflecting the puck and using his size to, to, to win, yeah, yeah, to win puck battles, you know, on rebounds and things, is a big jump over JT Comfer. I agree. Um, I think that that is a legitimate, and then I think Lekkinen being replaced by Nichushkin on a permanent basis is a big jump. Um, for and and with Rijo, you are also talking about you're going to win more faceoffs. True. You know, you it, through the course of a season, it might end up being like. 15 face-offs yeah, or whatever. It could be, but, it could be yeah. like a pretty small number of overall face-offs. But, you know, we talk about situational face-offs matter and to start power plays, penalty kills, you know, yep. late in games, things like that. Those are when they matter. And because if you lose the face-off, then you have to worry about the entry. And that's where teams are putting all of their focus on defending everybody. Yep. And now the Avs have Nathan McKinnon, who is a unique, literally the best in the world yeah, at doing uh, exactly a unique that zone entry monster. Yep. But you do look at it, and and realistically, it is you know you okay. Well, that's great that you have that, but you lose the faceoff, and you've lost twenty it's seconds just, right yeah, off. Yeah, it's top. just time gone. So, and then if you don't get two entrances, you know you've already gone forty five seconds. You've accomplished nothing. That's when you start to care about your second unit. Yeah. So I do think I do think that they've actually min maxed the top unit quite a bit uh, to have meaningful upgrades. That if it doesn't finish top five, I'll be pretty. Dis- I mean, I'll be disappointed if it's like 
sixth or something. It's like sixth or seventh, <laughs> and it's within, within a percentage point much. or whatever. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, so this is two goals across 82 games of being shown. Like, yeah. I'm not going to care about that for sure. But I do think it needs to be. It do. It does need to be one of the better. Uh, it does need to be one of the better power play units in the league. Right now, I'm far more worried about the PK side. The PK, of yeah, where it is. I mean, l- let's talk about that. Last year, it obviously started off pretty slow. Um, the EJ Manson pairing struggled a lot early on. But as the season went on, I think they figured a lot of things out. You started seeing them roll a lot of forward pairs that were effective down there. Yeah. The defense, it seems pretty straightforward with what they're going in with this season on, on what they're going to run down there. Until there's another signing. I think there's sure. your top six is really easy. Yep. You look at Devon Taves, Josh Manson, and Jack Johnson is your three set and forgets. You're your easy. Those guys are going to be on your PK. And you throw probably and, Byram with occasional well, and then, Gerards and Macars in there. Yeah, yeah. And then you go from there. You sure. decide. Do you just want to roll your top pairing and then roll Jack Johnson and Josh Manson as your second yep. PK pair? Like, I'm open to it. I would really love to get Cal McCarr off the PK. I, it, we've seen some. Bad for a Norris argument. Good for his but overall health, health and, and play. And, yeah. and we've seen Sam Gerard be plenty effective in his time on a penalty kill. Really so. weirdly, one of the one of the most effective PK defensemen they've had over yep. the last few years. Despite the lack of physicality. So Yeah, it's funny. Uh he might lose those battles, but when you're talking about PKs, you don't really engage in them as much. You're just preventing because you're, Yeah, because yeah, you're playing zone defense and yep. not man. And so you're not matching up with the guy in front of the net one-on-one fighting yeah. for position. You're using your stick to take away yeah. passing lanes Wouldn't and shooting you know lanes. And a guy with good skating, good positioning, and a super active stick is, is good at that. Yeah, is <laughs> is a PK asset. Yeah, so Crazy how that works. Yep. Um, okay. Looking across the course <laughs> of last season <coughs> and this season's current roster, I get the as are probably going to still add at least one more piece. They really need to. They need a forward. Yeah. I mean, they just need one. One injury and you're into McDermott at forward. Yeah. So I, before we get into that, actually, let's, let's start there. Obviously, we've we've been talking about Danton Heinen a lot. Yeah. Do they, is this what they're targeting? Do they need a guy who can PK in their forward core? Or would you be willing to give that up for maybe a little bit more offensive upside? Um, I mean, so I think when you talk about the PK thing, uh, really my like PK desire is only guy that will take and win a face off on the PK. Okay. Now I'm open to the idea that Ross Colton is that guy. Sure. If he is great. great. <laughs> yeah. We're problem solved. Um, but in terms of filling that role, like I think their preference, we'll see what they prefer. Um, because if they go and get a Taves or a Noshik, that's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. If they go and get, you know, if they if they a wanted suitor, Chad, uh, Chad Menches is a guy, Yessi Puliyarvi, yeah. the guy that you wait on, obviously, yeah. um, or a PS Suter, a Danton Heinen, that's not going to help you so much there. Yeah, Suter can win faceoffs. Sure, um, for a small guy, he's he can do it. I don't know that I'm 
relying on him in a big time situation yeah. as that guy. Defensive but zone, especially as a but as a kind of rotational, like hey, he can throw him in there and have him take. Yeah, some, like yeah. if I'm looking for something to push a guy ahead in the conversation of giving two different guys, we've got to pick between two guys, money, uh, spending money on one of them, that little bit of face off ability. Yeah, like that one little thing yeah. might push Pia Suter over Danton Heinen. And honestly, I'd be fine with either of those. Because no, no shik, I'm not as high on as you. The Taves thing, I'd be. Hey, no shik is just a. I'm keeping. I'm keeping the option open of they want that four C, mm-hmm. and that's what they'll they'll put him there, and then Ben Myers and Freddie Olofsson, you know, whatever. They're all fighting for the position. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because I do think there is some balance there, and and kind of why I'm not as high on no shik is. In a perfect world, the Avs get a penalty killer that can also give them like 25 to 30 points. Yeah, and I think he could, but really, like, are part of your value of Arturi Lekkinen and Val Nachushkin, yeah. they're very good at this. Yep. And so you've already got two guys that you want to play. It's just specifically winning a faceoff. Get a guy who can take the faceoff. Because yeah. even down the lineup, you're looking at Cogliano and LOC as exactly. penalty killers. Exactly, and those are the... Those are all wings. good PKers. More They're all wings. wings. Yeah, you just don't have a guy that get you know. And your best faceoff guys are Ryan Johansson and Ross Colton right now. Ryan who are not, not PK guys. PK. Yeah. Do not PK. And so that's where you're kind of like in this like weird space where if you had a four C, you know, because right now it's Ben Myers and maybe Ben Myers just becomes that guy. Could yeah. I'm I'm not even going to put it out of the realm of possibility that Ben Myers just can do that job. Yep. We just don't know with Ben Myers yet what he is, what he isn't. There's still a lot of development to go there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I've, I, it's, 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 it's funny because we're like, oh, they need this. But, like, maybe they have it. I don't know. It, it's interesting because I think you feel a lot more comfortable as a, A, we're not sure exactly who's going to fill the role of face-off taker on the penalty kill. Compared yeah. to, hey, we're not sure who's going to fill the role of 2C on the entire right. team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like right now, people in chat are asking, because obviously he just became the free agent, but Philip Zadina is your third line right wing, is certainly a guy of interest. It, if you can get him for under a million dollars, why not? Yeah, right? even, like, even if you needed to go to a million five for one year. So what? That's fine. Yeah. Uh, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get the Palisade Peach right now, uh, exclusively for the summer. Make sure you're jumping on it while you can. Uh, down here at the bar, eight different kinds on tap or at your local liquor store anywhere in the United States. Use a breckbrew.com and the Breck Beer Locator online to find it near you. And, you know, sometimes accidents happen. It's unfortunate out here, but that's life, especially driving in Denver as the drivers get crazier and crazier here. It's uh, It can be brutal. It was out pretty there crazy, man. I thought I was cruising along on I-25 the other day going 80. Yep. And I just had cars just zipping by. I was like, dude, I feel like I'm in Texas all over again. Yeah. That going home last year from games at night, it's, it's crazy. like there's dudes going 110 on on the highway. It's, they're wiling out here. Anyway, absolutely nuts, man. If something does happen, make sure you call Bacchus and Shanker at two 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 today, or go to ColoradoLaw.net to get a free consultation. They think you have a case, they'll take your case on for completely free. Whatever it is, car accident, ride share situation, maybe you were biking and something happened, if you were injured at work, they've got your back. My brother was ultra fascinated with Denver's fascination with scooters. Yeah. 
It was very interesting. We got a lot of scooters here. It's true. Oh, yeah. He just, every time we were driving down the street, he's like, there's a scooter. There's just a scooter sitting on the sidewalk. Yeah. Was, you can rent it. Yeah. I was trying to explain <laughs> it, and he was just like, nah. Yeah, he was not He was not into it. Either way, give Bacchus and Shanker a call. They get paid nothing until you win their case. And they're very, very good at winning cases. They've been doing it for 25 years. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients. So get what you deserve with them. Again, the two number or coloradolaw.net to get a hold of Bacchus and Shanker. Uh, last period here, we do have some super chats to get to. $20 from Beckett, who says, Y'all are my go-to for all things abs. Thank you for your great work and content. Much appreciated. Good call. Uh, $10 from Melanie, who says, Have a great weekend. I have learned a lot this week. Take care. Melanie, always a regular in the chat. We appreciate it. Just the civility. Yeah. She's, the, she's our chat, which is like sometimes full of feral animals. I love you, chat. Yeah. But, uh, the, the incessant <laughs> politeness is so welcome. And then at $2 from Dean, who says, love y'all, can't listen live much, but watch all later. Thank you very much. That is an option for you. Uh, you don't even have to watch on YouTube necessarily. I know a lot of people, if they're they're on their daily commutes, they get us in podcast format. So you can do that through Spotify or, or Apple Music or any uh, podcast thing. I don't know. What are the other, like Podbean still exists, right? I don't know. Stitcher. There you go. Yeah. So whatever whatever feed you use, you can use get us podcast form as well. Pocket cast. Of course, we're here on YouTube. So, but you all know that you're in the chat, right? Yeah. So, uh, I'm I'm pretty good here. AJ, any any final thoughts you wanted to add here? Either things to take from last year or, or expectations for this year? No, I do like that we're in that part of the season where the second any player becomes available, every Abs fan goes. Should they get him? Well, what about that guy? I mean, so. it's fun. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I'm, like I said, I like that we're in that part of the season. <laughs> Most of the roster is filled out. There isn't a whole lot left for anybody to do. And all right, great. Yep. I would really, I, I would like this Colton deal to come down the pipe sooner than uh, later. Yeah, give like, us something to talk about, you like, know? Just get it done because I don't want to talk about arbitration for the next three well, weeks. So. I, I do think it is marginally important for Colorado, too, just because if that deal ends up being closer to four than three, that's a 500k less you have to go spend on a Zadina or something like well, that. Well, it's 500k less in f subsequent years too. There you go. So it's all gonna matter. Those things do matter. So we're gonna get out of here for the day. We appreciate everyone hanging out with us on the live. Uh, we are off for the weekend, unless the Avs do something crazy. But <laughs> we're we'll off for the weekend. Yep. <laughs> if they do something crazy, we have Monday. <laughs> Depends on how crazy. All right. No. If they make a banger trade, I'm jumping on. I'll do it by myself if I have to. Great. Uh, Monday, Jesse and I will be talking winners and losers of free agency. So if you want to look around the league, be sure to tune in to that one. Should be a roundtable, too. Yep. So lots of content still coming your way, even though we're heading into the depth of off season. We appreciate y'all, and we will talk to you on the next one.